setting up a board game group at your place of worship. On this episode of Board Game Faith, the bi-weekly podcast exploring the intersection of religion, spirituality, and board games. We're so happy to have you along for the ride today. My name is Daniel Hilty. And my name is Kevin Taylor. And it is a joy to get to spend a, a few moments of your day uh, with you. Thank you for, uh, uh, for, for pushing the button to listen to this podcast. We are, we are grateful for you, Kevin. Uh, I'm grateful for you. How are you doing? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Rainy day yesterday. We were sliding everywhere. And then today is a really pretty Ooh, like, 55 degree weather. Oh. I'm looking at blue skies. Nice. 55 nice. degrees Fahrenheit, which is 400 Kelvin. 400 Kelvin. Yes, for our uh, our Venusian our Venusian <laughs> listeners. That's right. We uh, the first the first interplanetary uh, board game. We save. try to be inclusive. Yeah. Towards yeah temperature absolutely. Scales. Yeah, yeah. I'm, gl- I'm glad. I'm glad you mentioned the Kelvin scale. That was, yes, yes. That was good. Um, I always wish my name was actually Kelvin. <sighs> I could claim it was my scale. <laughs> you know, the Kevin scale or the Kelvin scale would both be really cool things. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So when you said sliding around yesterday, was there like ice? No, I, I don't know why I shouldn't have said sliding. I should have said splashing around. Yeah, I understand. I guess I understand. the feeling of driving and like you're scooting around. I don't know why I said that. Yeah, yeah. Scrap, you don't get much out. ice there in North Carolina, your corner of North Carolina, do you? Or It's unusual, but you yeah. know, like many Southern cities, we don't have the equipment to deal with it. So it really shuts things down. Right, right, right. Uh, Boston can brag all they want, but they have a fleet of trucks. So we don't have right. it. Yeah. How about, and you all, is there a fleet of trucks and... Out there in Missouri? No, not, not, I mean, in some parts of Missouri, there are, but, but not, I mean, there are some, there are some here in, in our corner of Missouri, but, but not, but not a lot. Um, we did have a fair amount of snow a couple weeks ago, but, um, but it's How mostly much is melting. A fair amount? Oh, it was like, um, it was like a couple inches. I mean, that's right. a fair amount for our corner of the right. state. Um, but I know we have a lot of listeners, um, in, in, in uh, more uh, northern climates, um, um, a, fair, a lot of listeners in Canada, um, um, Saskatchewan and Alberta, and and mm-hmm. um, and hello Canada, Wisconsin. Yeah, and I know there's been a fair amount of snow. And the further further north you go from here, so blessings to all of you for having to dig out. Have um, you ever read David Foster Wallace's Infinite Jest? I've heard of it, but no, I haven't read it. I started it years ago and I didn't get far and now I've restarted it and it's pretty funny. And there's a lot of, I think America Canadian humor in it. Like a lot of the plot line involves, I don't know, separatists in, in Quebec, Quebec and, and for, <laughs> I don't know. it's a strange book, but it's, huh. it's kind of funny. Yeah. It's a huge book too, isn't it? From what I recall, it's it like is a, massive and it's yeah. very strange, okay. but he's, 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 brilliant writer okay okay he cool. he compared he said something about a little two-year-old child was like a fire standing there like a fire hydrant and i thought 
that is what little kids look like. <laughs> like he, he makes these metaphors and comparisons and you're like, oh my gosh, yeah. Because they kind of just stand there, right? That two-year-old child is often, like a fire hydrant. Often in bright colors, they just sort of standing there. And it's like, and they're kind of squat. With a little arm so, sticking out on the side. Yeah. Uh, on the side. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. Especially if they're wearing like a little stocking cap. Then they're just like, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And I've had to look up several words. So he's, mm. yeah, he's a smart dude. Cool, cool. Was a smart dude, unfortunately. He's now deceased. Oh, okay, okay. Infinite jest. Infinite jest. jest, yeah. Well, today, Daniel, we are going to talk about setting up a board game group in a place of worship. Right. Which is something you have experience with, because you have done this how many times successfully? Oh, well, thanks. Yeah, I... um. We've we've done it um, uh, a couple times at, at a couple different churches um, mm-hmm. we've been at, and you know, um, um, and it's been a really good experience um, at, at at both places. Um, we're certainly, or I'm certainly no expert at it, and have um, and it's been a learning process both places, and uh, maybe if some things, hopefully, we got right. I'm sure a lot of things. We could have done better. It maybe got wrong, but um, but it's been a lot of it's been a lot of fun and a good process at both places. And so, yeah, th- th- that was something we thought we would might be good to talk about um, um, in one of these episodes. Um, it, it's actually a question. Um, I know I've gotten a, a fair amount of times from from folks over the last year or so, Kevin, that you and I have been doing this podcast. It's like, well, you know we'd really like to get a game group started at our place of worship, you know, like a, a church or a temple or a synagogue or um, um, a center or mosque. And, you know, what are ways of, of doing that? So that we just thought it'd be good to maybe talk about that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and and these ideas would probably apply outside a house of worship, correct? You might could take some of these ideas to a workplace or something like that. For sure. For sure. Fair? Yeah, I, I think that is fair. Maybe a couple things may need, may need to be tweaked, but that's always true. Um, yeah, and just to let our listeners know, we have a, a a document. Kevin and I have done a document that kind of summarizes all of the points that we're talking about in today's episode. And you can, they can, folks can probably find that in the show notes of this episode. I would imagine Kevin a link to it. Well, uh, there's a link if they if you subscribe to our wonderful newsletter. Yes. We'll get you a copy. Is that right? Uh, that sounds, yes, that sounds good. That sounds good. And you can subscribe to our newsletter by going to uh, just finding our link tree in any of our social media, Facebook or Instagram, and uh, click on the link tree. And that gives uh, you a uh, uh, an opportunity to sign up for our newsletter. You can find that in the link tree. Or you can just email us mm-hmm. at uh, info at boardgamefaith.com and say, hey, I want to go on the newsletter. And we'll happy yeah. to do that, too. Yeah, yeah, and it comes out every other week, and we just chit chat a bit. So, yeah. So yeah, so um, so I'm we're basically just going to kind of talk it through the document, um, mm-hmm. and um, and kind of going from there. So some steps on on setting up a board game group at your place of worship. So what is where's the place to start, Daniel? What's the yeah. first question to ask? Well. Yeah, the first thing we talk about um, in the document is just the importance of kind of figuring out your why. And we've we've 
talked a little about this before on the podcast, but you know, when you try to start a board game group at a place of worship or wherever, but maybe, maybe, especially at a place of worship, um, people, you can probably expect to have some questions about why, why are you doing this? You know, and it may seem odd, especially maybe if people find it to be a new idea to have it at a place of, of, of worship. And so coming to a sense of why you're doing this um, will help so that you can answer the questions when they come up and they probably will come up and that's okay. Right? Do you that's find okay. they often do come up? Cause in my one experience with this, it wasn't a, a, a deal. Like no one didn't bother people. Oh, good, 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 good. Um, they don't come up a, a lot, but I've, I've had them come up a few times. Yeah. You know, like uh, I'm a pastor. I know you, you are too, Kevin, you know, some of the church members saying a pastor, why are you doing this? <laughs> you know, why, why are we having a board game group? You know, instead of a, why aren't you spending where do you time think they're coming from with that question? Another? Yeah. Yeah. I think there is, um, there is a perception, an idea that has its roots, um, in, in some thought in religious circles, Christian circles that go back um, quite a while to this idea that play is uh, not as important as work, that play is not as valuable as work. Hmm. Um, and that to be, especially to be religious or spiritual means um, necessitates a, a kind of um, seriousness for most of life. Um, and, um, and, and certainly I think, you know, I can understand where folks come from on, on that, but I think as we've talked about in, in this podcast before in other episodes, um, that has not ever been a universal concept of what it means to be a spiritual person, a religious person. And in particular, the idea that in the Christian tradition, um, a Christian needs to be, um, you know, working all the time, diligent all the time, somber, serious all the time, in some ways really did not gain traction as an idea until, you know, the last few centuries. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, was was not a, not a, a universal concept in Christianity from the, from the beginning. Um, and so, you know, and so I, th- I think it's kind of part of our inherited spiritual um culture for many people and so people don't when they raise questions like that they don't mean it maliciously but it's just part of what we've right. been raised i in. guess when you think about the use of space at a church in north america there's playground for the kids and there's toys for the children there's a fellowship hall or some sort of area where you can do meals because people eat and connect in that way and then the rest of it is dedicated to either worship or study. Right. Is that fair? So you might have Sunday school classrooms and you might have a, a worship space. And I guess with youth group, there's an idea of playing games or maybe playing basketball or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yes, probably the idea that adults don't uh, play outside of eating and talking. Right, right. That's somehow when you become an adult, homes. you graduate from from play. Right. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, as we've talked about in, in previous episodes, you know, play is certainly an important component of spirituality and the human experience. Um, 
and and uh, the religious narrative at, at any age, even though mm-hmm. maybe we don't necessarily um, give that a lot of thought today. Um, you know, a, a lot of that really, I think, came from this idea of the Protestant work ethic, um, some Reformation or Counter-Reformation thought from a few centuries ago. But anyway, yeah. Um, so, so having a sense of your why, why is this important? It will be helpful, I think. To what are some sample whys? Yeah. I mean, one is community, right? We've talked about this uh, some before. I can honestly say that I don't know of any other ministry that I've been involved in in my churches that bring together a wider diversity of people than board games. Um, it, it, I know I've said this before, but you know, it consistently every week brings together college students and retirees hmm. who get to know each other and ask about each other's lives. You know, Hey, how are your finals going? Hey, how's, how was your surgery? Um, how are your grandkids? And I've never seen any other, ministry ever that brings together those two age groups wow. consistently where they get to know each other and care about each other. But it's not just those age groups. It's everybody in between. Um, and in the last, as the board games have groups have developed, it's also brought in children as well with their parents. And they're never just children on their own, uh, children with their parents, you know, and I've talked about this before, but it, it brings together single people, married people, um, um, people on both ends of the political perspective um, here, here, here in the United States, that means Republicans and Democrats. Um, but you know, you can just substitute whatever political parties are prevalent in in your part of the world. Um, it brings together, it has brought together people of different uh, racial, ethnic backgrounds. Um, I've talked before. It brings together, you know, straight and gay people, and men and women, and um, it, it just I, I've never done any ministry been involved in any ministry that brings together mm, consistently a great powerful. diversity of people in this. The closest thing is the communion line. In the Christian mm. tradition, we have, you know, communion, Eucharist, the Lord's Supper, and worship. And uh, that's maybe the only other time that I mm-hmm. see such a diversity of people coming together. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so that, I mean, community is always a big one for me, but there are other reasons as well. But I'd say that's probably one of the first ones that comes to mind. And, and by answering that question, what's your goal? Is it to be intergenerational? Is it to focus on youth or a certain group? Then that will determine when you have it and what types of games are being played. So the one thing I yeah. saw when our church did it before COVID, and it's not really come back since then, was unfortunately I would sometimes bring more challenging games and then it created a bit of there were people that wanted lighter games and then felt like they weren't smart enough to play the harder games mm-hmm. so i kind of had to phrase it as no this is just a game that requires more patience or more um you know it, it, different strokes for different folks and and not everybody has to play the same games but i was kind of a little sensitive to not creating a caste system where some people felt like you know, the real gamers versus the more light gamers. That's an excellent point. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a really excellent There was point. one table of of older folks that were playing Rummy Cube, but they had their house rules and they just played it the same way and no one ever really won. They, it was really just kind of like, it was just an I don't experience. know, it was like a perpetual bingo game. And I, well, I played cool. a little bit with them, but I, yeah, I was caught between that and wanting sort of the selfish games that I want to play. Right. And so that's always a trick of, I think, if you're really into games of not being selfish. 
I think that's an excellent point. What, what game you pick. Yeah. Or bring. And, and really touches on some points I think we're going to be getting into later on the document as well. But yeah, that's exactly right. That it, it, mm. you have to, when you're picking your, your rule, your games, and thinking about who's going to be teaching them and sharing them, you're really, it's important to keep in mind who will be there, who will actually be there. You know, right. it's, it's not a, like a board game convention where it's all, uh, board game hobbyists and enthusiasts and you know which i think like you kevin that's kind of what i was hoping for when i first started you know the first group i, I wanted everybody i wanted to get together people to play like caverna with me or something like that but, right um and we did play caverna sidebar hmm. but um but we spread it took it took like uh like i think two months two months of weekly of weekly meetings of weekly board game groups and we and we would take a picture of the board at the end of every of every week, wow. and then have to set it up again. And it just it's way too long. I never did anything like that again. Um, but you tried, so, and that's good. Yeah. You showed yeah. people a different well, type of game. Thanks. Than they may have been used to. Yeah, and there's after- a sweet spot of picking the games, and yes, knowing your audience. So if it right if if you bring a very D and D type thing that may turn off some folks who aren't interested in those themes. So picking right, the right, right theme that's going to be interesting, it's going to appeal. And it would be fine to just have a, a board game thing for a youth group. You just need to be clear about that. Maybe yeah, yeah. if there are youth at your church and they meet at a certain time, you might have a board game option afterwards. They can stay and play. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And then you would play games that probably social games because teenagers like to they're awkward and they like to socialize, but they don't know house always because they're still, they're not fully formed adults yet, but you and yeah. I are, and, and we know everything. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping one of these days to grow up. I, well, actually, yes. I'm not sure I do hope that, but one of these, it hasn't I'm happened. I'm trying to be sarcastic. I'll but just yeah, say that, yeah. but yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but if it's going to be intergenerational, then you want to find things that, that are right. going to have a, a wider appeal, unless it gets so big that you, then you can have people sort of picking out tape and that, that kind of happened with us that the times there were 10 or 15 people. And so you yeah. really just had multiple options of what to play. And when people arrived and sometimes that would determine people would arrive late and the game already started. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So having like two or three tables mm-hmm. really helps to, yeah, you're right because, and, um, yeah, you're exactly yeah, right. Games that they're kind of quick and easy to reset. Like bananagrams was very popular. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yep. that that's a great, that's a great example. And, and even if you're wanting to play, it's only going to be a few minutes till that game ends often. Yeah. Yeah. Then you get in on it. Yeah. So yes, well, figuring out your why, knowing your audience, what, what right, would, would right. you say is the second thing to well, consider? The other thing is just technical, um, you know, and that's just um, getting approval, you know, if it, 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 and I just put it on there cause I think it's as a pastor, it, it, you know, I, probably both think of that but you know it's just it's just good to run it past however your place of worship is is governed and structured it's just good to run it past whoever you know um just to get approval for it and and that that will relate to the why that's especially why it's good to have your have your why ready for for that um but then after that you really get into the details um the details the first item of the detail that i have on the sheet that we have on the sheet is is time and frequency. And um, that's kind of been a, a, 
uh, a process, uh, some thinking on that has kind of evolved over over the life of the board game groups here. I, we have settled on about it. We have settled on a two hour group every week, hmm. uh, midweek for about two hours. We used to do an hour uh, or even an hour and a half. but found that was just too short. Um, but about for two hours, we do six to eight p.m. on Wednesday nights. Um, and um, I don't know. I mean, any thoughts on that, Kevin? No, it's that's a key thing to figure out. I think when we experimented, it was monthly, like the first mm-hmm. Sunday of the month. Yeah, and there's yeah. a youth group at five, and so we were doing it at say three o'clock on a Sunday. Yeah. So the yeah. idea is that people. If kids were coming to youth, they could just come a little earlier, and and we had some success with that. And for folks, they you know they would leave church and could get lunch and maybe get a little nap or whatever, and then come back and play. So yeah, it's trying to trying to get that. And a weekly is great because everyone can depend on it. Uh, monthly yeah. can be a little tricky because then you have to kind of remember, and it's it's a harder habit. Um, but yeah, some somehow of setting that up. And of course, you got to figure out logistics. Who's going to have a key and unlock things? Right, right. So, but you know, monthly can make it kind of more special too, which I, hmm. which I can maybe some, I, I could see why that's really important, or might maybe a good, a important way of approaching it too. I, I just I forgot until just now. But at the previous church, we actually had a kind of a hybrid approach. We had a weekly group that would meet, but then we'd have. A monthly, what we call all play, which was especially everyone was invited to come, and I mean everyone was always invited okay. to come. But we so just it was, was kind of known that the people that came the weekly were more, a little more, yeah, focused, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we'd really hype up the once a month thing in the in the larger uh-huh. church, you know, kind of. But yeah, yeah. And then you said logistics, having keys is good. Um, that brings into questions of setting, which we talk about on the document as well. Um, I, um, I found Dan, like Daniel's board group meets right around the altar and just sets it all up, which I find a little strange. It, it is. Table. It is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. We actually use the altar rail as, as uh, right. it's yeah. hard to balance yeah. the boards on the altar right. rail. It right. kind of keeps falling off. Um, <laughs> and the, the lighting is, is awful. Sometimes the candles catch things on fire. Right. Yeah. Um, but you can put get a big Bible and put it underneath the candles to get more of an area glow. <laughs> you know, um, someone's done it somewhere. Yeah. No, we. I. You know. I, as a general, as a general rule, I'm not a big fan of like fluorescent lighting. Um, but I, I kind of like kind of the more warm, soft lighting. But I think for board games, it really helps to have a very bright overhead light. Yeah, yes. so some sort of room where you can have it's really, really well lit. Um, Lighting is tricky, and yeah, and yeah, in my home, I've realized too that with the it, you get a lot of reflection, mm-hmm. unfortunately, mm-hmm. on yeah. on cards yeah. and things. So it's it's both seeing, it's being able to see, but also the reflection. So it's yeah. uh, and churches probably have higher ceilings typically. Yeah, fellowship yeah, halls and true. things, so you don't get the reflection problem, which kind of drives me a little bananas. You know, and I think a lot of the a lot of the um, pl- a lot of places of worship here typically have. Oh, go ahead, Kevin. Yeah, sorry, glare. Point. I was thinking better word. Glare, glare. Yep, yep. Okay. No, that's a good point. Um, and um, in terms of the tables, you know, I think a lot of houses of worship probably have the you know, uh, 
kind of the two classic choices for industrial tables, you know, or the long rectangular six to eight foot tables or the round tables. And I know when I first got started, I thought, you know, the round tables would be perfect because then everyone is, you know, we're kind of equal footing. We're all around. We can, but I, I have found that actually those round tables don't work out super well because it's, it's really hard for some people to reach the middle of the table, you know, right. and, and if, if the board yeah. is in the middle of the table, everyone is stretching their hands to try. And so those, those thin rectangular tables, those long, thin rectangular tables, at least in my experience, actually works out better, you know, so if you could have maybe two or three or four of those, not two, but three or four of those, that way you can provide two to three games and then a game where you can, a table where you can just put all the other games that mm-hmm. people can browse. I don't know. Any thoughts on that? Kevin, yeah, no, I, I mean, yeah, that I think figuring out what works, and I can certainly see the round table. That is, there's probably a reason board game tables are not round typically yeah. for that reason. Yeah, for that you, you need more access, and and the boards tend to be square, so everything's kind of ang- angled. What, right. What is that? Right. Right, um, um, what's a ninety degree angle? Angular. Oh, um, angular. right, right. Right, right angle. angles, yes. Right angles, yeah. right angles, right angles. That sounds rectangular, right. reticular, yeah. yeah. Self-replicating, self-replicating. Three hundred Kelvin, rectangular, rectangular, yeah. orthogonal, yeah. orthogonal. Orthogonal is like um, diagonal. Yeah, I don't know what diagonal, orthogonal versus diagonal is like. This just anyway. Circumambulate. I think. I think we had. Yeah. Yeah. It, I understand. I understand. It's it's something like that. It's something like Vertigo. that. Vertigo. <laughs> um, we've already talked a little bit about ages and I uh, age for age range of the group. Um, you know, and I think as we've talked about, you know, adults, seniors, children, youth. I love how you did, especially the youth group. But basically, it can be for all ages, but it just requires a sensitivity of having games available for all ages too. Um, and one of the neat things with that is older folks know older games because games like anything goes through trends. Yep. I didn't realize even, even landscaping has trends and, and really? everything goes through trends. Yeah. Certain trees are from a certain era and they get dated. That's what my mother-in-law has told me like, oh yeah, that was popular 20 years ago. Really? Yeah. Huh. It's very odd. Uh, like what's what's a, things. do you know an example of a, of a, previously popular kind of tree i have to ask her because i can't yeah. remember but there's one that I, i've seen around here it's like a big grass thing like a big grassy oh. something yeah, yeah. and you'll just see it out of random yards and she said oh that was real popular back then and so there's oh. still some leftover so if you ever see a, something that you see a pattern of something that's kind of in someone the corner of someone's yard that's just sort of neglected and gone crazy. It's probably that. <laughs> it's some stuff. And the others got dug up. People, other homes either dug them out or maybe they didn't do well and they got pests and they died, the, the, the plants. So you only see it occasional, but it's one's thriving. Um, and we had some trees put in and the guy's like, oh yeah, everybody's doing green giant right now. Wow. Uh, which is this big evergreen tree. And and because it's also resistant to pests and bugs, okay, and those sorts of things until something evolves that wants to kill it. But for now, it's a it's a anyway. All that's to say, 
board games go through trends. And so there's some older games like Pinochle and stuff that I only know about as a name, but older folks may, you know, play it and they could teach it. And it would be, it's almost like a historical thing. And some of these games are great. They just got, they just kind of faded for various reasons. Yep. 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 Uh, People got tired of it. And then there's a, there's a resurgence of interest. Yeah. Yeah. So we had, we had, um, some of some um, members of our group who were uh, of an older generation uh, were very much into mahjong. You know, not not the not the one you play on the computer, but an actual mahjong set. And they would they would bring mahjong and they would teach it to the to yeah. the younger folks in the in the group. And yeah, it was a lot of it was it was fun. Yeah, there's one for dominoes called Mexican Train. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why it's yeah. called Mexican Train, but yeah, you and it was kind of that was a popular one at one time. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and you'll you'll see those sets still. I I think you can just play with the regular dominoes and some random pieces, but there's some optimized pieces. But right. yeah, you get that intergenerational. So you want games like that that are going to be welcoming and interesting and maybe light or encourage social interaction yeah. type yeah. things. Um, and so Roman Cube's a great one for that as well. It is. It is. Yeah. Which, by the way, do you know is is an Israeli game? I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. It, huh. it's, um, it won a bunch of awards back in the day. Yeah, yeah. When so, um, is it an old Israeli game? Or are you saying it was born in Israel? Or was is it? I, a- I think. I, I mean, I think at least its modern form is is a newer game. I, I think. I think the company that makes it is based out of Israel, or the okay. designer of it is, is Israeli. I kind of for, I forgot the de- exact details, but there's some connection to Israel. Maybe some of our listeners will know. Let us know if, if, yeah, we'd be interested to hear. Um, well, the, the, the next point really is, is a, is a, is a crucial point, I think, about a, a very important role to have in setting up a board game group in your place of worship. And that is, you gotta have a rules authority. You gotta have somebody who just mm-hmm. really likes to teach board games, right? Um, and, and this person does not have to be you. It could be you. But it doesn't have to be you. Um, I suspect if you look around or ask around, you can probably find somebody nearby in the community who who would like this role. But it's you know, we, we, Kevin, you and I have talked before. Some people just don't like reading rules, and that's not their thing. Getting into rules, but there are some people who really like it, who really like learning board game rules, and uh, and and teaching them. And if you can find someone. Um, like that. that, that's really important to have because otherwise, you know, you kind of get to the group and everybody's kind of looking at each other like, well, who's going to, you know, how are we going to learn this game? Who's going to teach this this game? Um, however, it's also important that that rules authority realizes going into it that they're probably going to have to sacrifice some of their own desires and enjoyment of of the group at least partially right because they're going to have to spend a fair amount of time teaching to other people Mm -hmm. and and as long as they know that going into it that's okay right you know yeah maybe you don't even play the game maybe you just teach or and kind of do the 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 behind the scenes or whatever the setup tear down yep yep shuffling Yeah. yeah yeah i guess for us it's not that's not been as much of an issue because people typically brought their own games and so someone always knew mm-hmm. how to play because they'd bring games that they knew. Good, good. Yeah, that's so that's like, probably depends on the group that develops, but <clears throat> people yeah. tended to. Uh, do you ha- you don't have a library of games at the church, do you? 
not at my current church, but we did at the previous church. Oh, wow. Yeah, we actually applied for a grant and got a grant. Huh. Um, and we, with that grant, we purchased a, um, a lockable storage cabinet on wheels um, so that we could, we could move it in and out when it wasn't in use and we could lock it up when we were done. And we purchased um, like maybe 10 uh, kind of core, widely popular games that that and then so people would still bring their own games but then there were mm-hmm. these kind of core uh, evergreen games in the cabinet that people could go back to and over gotcha. time people contributed games to that cabinet and that really that worked out well yeah mm-hmm. do you like learning rules i i do like learning <laughs> rules yeah i do how about you i do i don't do well with learning with the rule book mm-hmm. i'm pretty mm-hmm. good to, to me, the rule book is is a query. It's almost like a database. And I'm pretty good at navigating and looking up rules if the rule book has done well. But getting an idea of the picture and the pieces, I would much rather go on YouTube because then as they're discussing a rule, they're holding the piece or setting it down. And so I can see it's, – it's hard for me to read a rule book and get the lay of the land I without see, just I see. a lot of reading through and setting up and, and – I guess I can't see the, the, yeah, I can't see the lay of the land from the, or the forest for the trees. I just see trees. I see. Um, Yeah. I need need to get more of that helicopter. God, I'm into metaphors today. Uh, I need to get that overall uh, vision, but some people love rule books and read it and can read it and really get where it's going from the start. But I I don't see how it fits together very well. So I love YouTube and, and, and watching Watch It Played or something like that. Yeah, such great resources on the internet. Yeah, we should say that to our listeners. If you're wanting to start a board game group and you're unfamiliar with board games and you're not an instructions person, you can find basically every game explained on the on YouTube if you if you search Pretty for much. great yeah. resources out there. I should say I kinda like a hybrid approach now that you talk about how you how you like to learn games. I do like rule books. Um mm-hmm. but what I what I like to do to really learn a game is I I set out all the pieces, right, in the board game and everything like that. And I sit on the table with the rule book. And then, you know, as, as every kind of different rule is explained in the rule book, I'll, um, I'll go through those motions on the board right. with, you know, as a way to kind of reinforce what I'm reading. And that, so I kind of, yeah, yeah, you're right. So it's not just in my head. Yeah, you're kind of like physically moving, which I maybe kind of relates to what you're saying about watching somebody kind of physically do these things as well versus just just reading it. Yeah. Um, yeah, YouTube's a great resource. Yeah, um, yeah. But yes, having a rule authority, and sometimes that person isn't a great teacher. I have to say, some people are good mm-hmm. at rules, but they're not good teachers because yeah. they. Yeah. The, the goal, in my experience, of teaching is giving them just the information they need at that moment. It's very much a uh, on-demand type service. So if right. you if if you start. Um, trying to give them all the rules, you're just going to overwhelm people if it's a complicated game. Now, some games are pretty straightforward and you can just walk through the rules. But I think it's much easier to try to get them playing and demonstrate the rules as they go into it. Although that means the first time you play it, you kind of have to say, whoever wins didn't really win because you're not going to know all the rules anyway. Right, right. So you kind of have to say this is a practice game around. Um, Yes. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, using that language, especially for a person's first game, like this is just a learning game. It doesn't matter. Try some things, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter who 
I mean, it never matters who wins or loses, but especially we're just trying to learn. You know, we're going to make mistakes. That's a really good point, Kevin. Yeah, versus mm-hmm. the sense of like just giving enough information to be able to begin to play the game, but not like down downloading all of the rule book into into people. Yeah, it's the a table. rare person that can absorb all that. I guess if they're yeah. very experienced gamer, but um, and and it may be. Comparing it to other games can help sometimes if they're familiar with it. Yeah. Like this game is like Monopoly, except you are doing this, or this game yeah. is like yeah. Spades. If people know trick-taking games, that will yeah. help some folks. But yeah, a good teacher is is tricky, and um, right, I, yeah, and, and I rules think- authority, and also some house rules. Like you know, we're we're going to only spend a minute looking in the rule rule book if we can't find it. We'll just make a ha- we'll have a house rule and move on right 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 i think it comes down to the attitude that you know what's what's really most important for this group is to build relationships to help people have a good time to feel loved and valued and that they belong mm-hmm. versus um is the point of the game you know to strictly enforce every rule and to get this massive game played or you know the point That's isn't the, the real game. problem. The point is the he's people. trying to play it exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Which brings up kind of another point on uh, that we talk about in the document, which is kind of you know just trying to remove the barriers for every barrier that you can uh, to people to play a game. You know, if if this really is a ministry, you know, and the and the uh, the root of the word ministry is minister. You know, this idea of serving. Um, if 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 the idea really is to try to serve the people who are there. Um, how can we remove as many barriers as we can to people to participate in the group and to have fun? That can mean making the space, making sure the space is physically accessible. You know, um, somebody um, 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 might maybe have limited mobility, you know, so to make sure the room is, um, you know, wheelchair accessible. Um, it means picking games that, are widely accessible. Something that um, a lot of folks have issues with board games is issues related to color. You know, um, uh, for people who are colorblind, um, who see, maybe it's difficult to distinguish reds and or uh, blues and greens or things like that. And um, uh, a lot of board games are getting more and more sensitive to that. And so that's great. So if you can find, you know, board mm-hmm. games that are especially uh, sensitive to designing their components in ways that are friendly to um, maybe people who see different differently, who see color differently than maybe most right. folks. That that's really helpful. Um, do you do snacks? Uh, that's 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 a that's tricky, a tricky topic. Um, I we generally we don't we don't and. Um, I'll be honest. That's a growing a growing edge for me, a growing area for me. Sometimes, every now and then, we'll do something with with snacks, and um, it just just between you and me, Kevin, and the listeners, um, <clears throat> whenever there are snacks there, I'm having a constant inner dialogue about like, okay, okay, it's okay, Daniel. This is about people. This isn't about the games. Right. But I'm, I'm just cringing the whole time. It's like, oh, keep those snacks away from the games. Because most of the time it's my games and I don't want anything to happen to them. Yeah. How about you? Um, yeah, I've had a similar uh, sort of hesitancy, but at least when it was done at our, our church, it was people are going to bring snacks no matter what. Like they just expected there to be food. Mm-hmm. And so you just had to roll with it. Um, so 
It's tricky, especially yeah. because part of it, it's not just spillage, but also just getting greasy fingers and things. Right, right. And if they're eating Doritos or potato chips and, um, yeah. yeah, but it just was clear that we had to have something. So. Yeah. And there are some snacks that are better. Which was also a headache, too, of having to go to the grocery store and buy stuff. Mm, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You know, um, pretzels, carrot sticks, water, you know, those those are, Mm -hmm. there are some snacks that are better, you know, versus like, you know, like like Cheetos or like you said, Doritos. Those are things that are really greasy and crumbly. And those can, those are. Those are especially maybe threatening to, <laughs> to yes, worry. Yes. Another thought I, I've had with with limited success, but it's just kind of saying. I, sometimes I'll just name it, which isn't maybe great, but I'll have like we'll have like a snack section of the room. It'll be kind of over there, and we'll you know, and I'll say, um, and maybe I'm going too far with this, you know, but I'll say. Uh, I'll just say it, you know. I'll say, hey, you know, it's awesome that we have these snacks. Um, and I'll kind of poke fun at myself, you know, and say, and I'm mm-hmm. so sorry, you know, I just, uh, you know, these, these games, I just want to preserve them, you know, for, for, for future people to be able to play, you know, for months or years to come. And so the snacks can kind of be hard on the games and, oh, ha, 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 I know I'm so, I'm so silly with all this. But if we could, if, if, enjoy the snacks, but if you could kind of enjoy them on this side of the room, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. then if you're going to come back, maybe just try to have some water or, or maybe only carrot sticks or pretzels around the games or something like that. I don't know whether that works or not, but yeah. How do people um, receive it? Um, I, I think for the most part, people are generally understanding of it. Yeah. I mean, if, if it's your game, I think it's fair. And I think most people get that, especially if they have any sense of what these games can cost. Now, yeah. if it's, yeah. if it's the church or house of worships copy, uh, it might be a little more open-ended, and yeah. that might help you, right? Because it's not your own copy. So you still want to take care of it, but right. it's not right. really your private selection. Right. And at the, yeah, you're right. I think, so I think it's, it's good idea to, you know, it's fine to have some guidelines, but at the end of it, I do think it kind of comes down to also having to tell yourself that what is the point getting back to that? Why, what is the why, you know, is it ultimately to have pristine games or is it to build relationships and build community? Yeah. And with the Um, kids I've had to occasion or, or Jenny, I've had to loosen up on some of that. So I will say just y'all be careful, but, um, yeah, Yeah. they, some people just are gonna, yeah, they're going to need to, to snack. Yeah. Yeah. So, which brings us to, I guess, uh, a point we've talked about earlier, but just to revisit again, which is what type of games do we have? You know, what, what type of games do you want to have? And having a diverse game library that can appeal to, that can be safe for children to play, where you don't mind about the components, but also more interesting to adults is is great. Mm-hmm. Um, um, we name uh, some potential games on this document, if you want to, if you want to, and places where you can buy them. We're not getting any kickback or anything from any place. We're just, just suggesting it. Um, but, um, you know, I, I'll just I'll just list off a few. I'd be interested in yours too, Kevin. But, you know, we talk about Six Nymphed, which is sometimes called Take Five here in the U.S. It's a German game. Anomia, Codenames, Just One, The Mind, No Thanks, Similo, Strike, Telestrations, Wits and Wagers. You know, all of these are fairly simple rule games. Um, that um, play fairly quickly. Um, so they're, you know, you're not going to find, none of these are like super heavy 
games, super heavy, heavy Euro games are going to take a long time to play. Mm-hmm. Having some of the, I always bring some of those. I always bring some heavy games. And there are always some that are interested in that. But in terms of games that have the most appeal to the most people, it's usually these, these simple rule, mm-hmm. quick playing games like that. And they're great. And they're great. Part of it has just kind of been as a hobby board gamer, me just trying to just kind of going into that time with some different expectations. You know, I don't expect to go and play, um, yeah, you know, Caverna or Terraforming Yeah, Mars. I think that's a major yeah. thing is we all are secretly really wanting a board game group that will play exactly what we want. We basically want clones of ourselves that are slightly different and interesting and that are available <laughs> to play the games we want. And even if you have a board game group or something, this is not it. Like this, right. this is, I think you're right. You have to change your expectations that you, you can't force a bunch of people to start playing, you know, Dune Imperium or something. Like right. It's right. just not yeah. fair to them or yourself and you're going to get frustrated. So yeah. you, you have to let the group set the pace and bringing them and seeing if someone's interested and showing it to them is great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, but yeah, being, being a little cognizant of what's realistic and yeah. also just being clear about the goals that this is about the community and the group and not about the fact that you really want to play this with three people. Right. Exactly. And you can exactly. strong arm someone into doing well, it. One way we've, we've tried to address that desire for, for heavier games. And we've only done this once because then COVID hit, but it was this idea of like once or twice a year, having a big Saturday game day at the church. Like we still have our weekly game group, but then Saturday game day, we have like from nine till till three, you know, nine a.m. to three p.m. on a Saturday like that. And then you can really pull out these big heavy games, you know, and, and play, you know, and people might be interested. And I don't know, how, Kevin. How about you? Are, are you mentioned Bananagrams, Rummy Cube? Those are such great games. Have any other That's thoughts? That's popular. On games uh, you recommend? What's the one um, with the monsters? Horrified? Uh, no, Tokyo. Oh, King of Tokyo. King of Tokyo, yes. which I really don't like. I think that yeah. is a really overrated game personally, yeah. but that's a good one for the kids and yep, it's simple and it's kind of fun because you get to sort of, yeah, uh, yep. but yep. but it's not a game I personally enjoy, but that's a good, yeah, if you've got small kids that are showing up, you know, first, second, third grade, that might be a game that they would enjoy because yeah. it, it, it's always fun to like pound on someone. Secretly. Yeah. <laughs> one of our list, one of our regular listeners, uh, Brian. Uh, hey, Brian. Uh, Hi, Brian. If, if you're listening, uh, yeah, you know, comes to the, our group uh, along with um, um, uh, his whole his whole family. He and his wife and their children come, and um, and uh, King of Tokyo is a game that I think that they have found they really it is good for that group because, like you said, because that setting with children and their parents playing together. Um, and it's kind of goofy and funny, yeah, like the, the yeah. robot thing. So yeah. it's actually a lot like our skit. <laughs> Just poor <laughs> it Violet. It's but, true. It's true. Yeah, right. I mean, and right. and lots of people like it, and maybe I've just not been in the right setting. Um, but but it is neat to sort of see that everybody's to take a turn and getting whopped on. So it feels yeah. fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And it's kind of thrilling too, as a kid, I guess, to see get to get points get or to- cubes or something. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I think that one, Rummy Cube, Sellers of Catan would probably be a good one yeah. as well. That's a good bridge game yep. in terms of a bridge from like a Monopoly type thing to seeing something more interesting. Um, so those are all good games. That's probably about it. I, like those. I think we tried Pandemic once, but it was 
that was a bit of a stretch for the group that was there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, I, that would be, yeah, yeah. I think we we did pandemic once as well. Yeah, and it, and you're right. It was it was it was okay for the ones who played it, but it wasn't like a whole group kind of thing. I was and actually speaking of Brian, I think he and his son were in that group who others played it. Nice, but, but yeah, pandemic. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah. Just knowing your group and trying different stuff and letting encouraging people to to sample things and and um, it's a it's a great experience, great great opportunity. Yeah, yeah. You comment about including explicitly spiritual elements. So how would you do that? Yeah, I just say just not to be afraid of doing that. You know, uh, for us, what that's meant is we close with a prayer every night, and hmm. I just I've, that's that's been the main thing. And I would just encourage just not to be afraid to include spiritual religious elements at the end of every night. It doesn't, it may take five, 10 minutes. Uh, we get in a circle, um, depending on context, maybe we'll hold hands, maybe we won't. And, um, we just ask what's on your heart tonight. What do you want prayers for? And, um, again, depending on context, sometimes I'll pray for it. What we've said, sometimes we'll just pray for each other around the circle Sometimes we, you know, we have the kind of call and response thing where somebody will say a concern and then say, Lord, in your mercy. And then we all say, hear our prayer. Mm -hmm. Um, But just praying for each other um, has been, I think, has been a meaningful part of the routine, the the tradition of of that, of the group. Um, um, We've thought about supporting a, a mission project we haven't done that yet but that's something we've talked about to supporting a mission project um, what would that mean you mean oh like maybe or doing like something? i guess a couple different things like we could you know on a simple level we could just take up a collection every week and say this mm-hmm. is going to go to this mission project but what it could also mean is you know that maybe we um all meet at the local food pantry on a saturday and you know and we all work there right. or something we I've talked about that did not materialize, but was that, you know, we could take up a collection of family friendly board games and then help distribute them at Christmas time or something like that, you right. know, but just, just things like that. Um, uh, you know, I, I, on the one hand, you know, I, getting back to the, how, where we started with get, get your why right. You know, on the one hand, I don't feel like everything has to be explicitly religious to happen at a place of worship um uh, rightly or wrongly i'm kind of of the mindset that almost everything can be related to religion uh, you know one way or another mm-hmm. in fact i remember kevin a conversation that you and i had back in college about that um years ago um um just how how that can be one of the gifts of religion is that it can it can encompass everything, <laughs> mm. you know. And so, so I'm 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 of I'm still of that mindset, you know, that everything can be religious, whether we make it. We don't have to feel this need to make everything explicitly religious. Mm-hmm. However, I also, on the other hand, I don't think it means I don't think we have to be afraid of incorporating spiritual religious elements either. You know, mm-hmm. um, it is happening at a place of worship, and that's cool. I think it's it's if there are people outside the church who come to that group, I think it's okay to show them that. Um, it's okay to be religious or spiritual too, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so wonder, any thoughts on wonder, that for you? Yeah. I've not, uh, the group that we had did not get into that territory. So um, that's really interesting to 
sort of see it growing as a group that that has this group dynamic and so yeah that's that's really interesting i could also see though asking people afterwards kind of like well what did you learn about yourself from these games or what did you learn about someone from someone else yeah that would be cool what do you what does this tell you about god yeah by this process so almost use it as a self-reflective moment i like um, that's that would be a sharing moment yeah like tell me tell me one thing you learned about someone else today like i didn't Um, know that harry used to have a pet iguana so that's right i think that gets back to the community idea yeah yeah i love that i love that that's a great idea i love those reflection questions Hmm. let me try that and i'll give Hmm. credit to kevin yes on on the on the this is a that's time good. to get Kevinated. Kevinated. This is on the this is a seven on the Kevin scale, not the Kelvin scale. <laughs> which is different. Um, that's right. And then the last thing is just communication that we talk about. Just um, as is and everything that happens in a, in a in a place of worship. Just communicate. People won't come if they don't know that it's happening. You know, and and uh, yeah, and just and everyone's invited. Yeah, and, and there may be a core keep, group, and there are other groups, and that's right, subgroups. You can't really over communicate. Just communicate. Just, just repeat, repeat, repeat in as many ways as you can possibly think of, and that just, yeah, yeah. Um, and and then uh, I guess one final, I guess overall idea is, it's not really on the sheet per se, but just we've touched upon it throughout the group. Is is just the posture of a ministry is, um. is serving right is is service and just and ultimately seeing this group as a way that it can be a blessing to other people you know and so mm-hmm. i think if we approach it that way then I, I think it can help answer a lot so many of the questions about you know um what kind of games we offer and how we teach rules and how we handle snacks and how we handle different age groups and all these things you know just um if we if we approach it with the overall goal is to help people feel welcomed and loved and that they belong, mm-hmm. that it kind of helps to answer a lot of other questions. You know, right. ultimately that right. that trumps all the other stuff. You know? Right. Um. Yeah, I mean, so, lots of people are lonely. That's, yeah. So yeah. anything to help people negate the loneliness of their lives. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Um, in certain settings and certain realities or situations that is a, is a positive thing in this world. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, Daniel. Well, if people want to get a, a, a actual copy of this PDF that we really, you have created, uh, they can do that by subscribing to our newsletter, which is available at Linktree. Yep. Dot. Yep. Linked. Dot re. Is that right? Linktr.ee. Yes. Linktr.ee slash board game faith. Or if you just go to the bio in our Instagram or Facebook page, you'll find the link tree there. And there'll be mm-hmm. a spot there where you can sign up for our newsletter. Um, and, uh, and again, you can just email us as well. Um, but we'd love to share that document with you and, um, yeah, thank you so much for, for listening and for your interest. And if you have any, we'd love to hear about your experiences. Tell us about you. If you have a group, um, in your place of worship or you have any that you'd love to share any experiences or insights from that, please do that. Email us, go to our discord server, 
Mm-hmm. Um, there's a place on that for it as well. Yeah. Uh, interact um, with us. Let us know your thoughts and how this has worked for you or ideas or questions. Just let us know how we can help or how you can help us by helping you, by helping us, by telling us your your story. Absolutely. Absolutely. We all, we all have a lot. I've, I know I have a lot to learn, um, especially about the, the Kevin scale and the Kelvin, Kelvin scale. Um, also, uh, next episode, next episode. Um, I'm really interested, interested in this. We're talking about the, sometimes it's called the Alfonso manuscript. Sometimes it's called the Alfonso book of games, but it's this ancient medieval document about games and God and the meaning of life. Mm. And um, I'm looking forward to it. We're going to go deep into history, folks. Yeah. And I think if um, if people will go to our Discord server, we'll set up a channel there where you can actually read the document online if you're interested. In, mm-hmm. But you don't have to, of course, in 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 advance of, of next episode. Awesome. All right. Well, enjoyed as always, Daniel. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Kevin.